Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, so welcome. I am Pastor Courage Molina. This is Bold Faith Community Church. I am so excited that you are here with us. Bold Faith Community Church exists to help women develop a personal relationship with Christ, walk boldly in their faith, and apply the Word of God to every area of their lives. We will fulfill our mission by equipping and training women to be ministers in the Word of God. The vision is to build a community of women who are bold in their faith, confident in their calling, and courageous in their pursuits. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. What's up? No, I'm looking down. What's up? What's up? Listen, continue to drop in the chat where you are tuning in from. I've been checking out where you guys are coming from, where you guys are viewing from. And I just love it because I feel like the Lord has chosen this little girl from little old New Samarina Beach, you know what I'm saying, to lead his church and to deliver a message, a word from him that will go out to the ends of the earth and change lives all over the globe. Like it's something I prayed for, something I believed for, and to see like I'm like, wow, the Lord is actually using me. That's bananas. We have viewers in the UK, Trinidad, South Africa, India, Vietnam, Canada, Australia, Indonesia, Jamaica, Sri Lanka, Ukraine, um, Mumbai, North Carolina, Texas, Missouri, New York, Connecticut, Idaho, places I never been, things I never seen, Switzerland. It's bananas. I absolutely love it. So be sure to drop. I absolutely love seeing where you guys are tuning in from. Um, I want to share this quote with y'all today from one of my favorite authors, A.W. Tozer. If you know me, you know I love A.W. Tozer. I'm always recommending his books. I know that his lifestyle was a little crazy from some of the biographies I've read, but I absolutely love the work that he left. Um, and it says, of all the books in the world, the one most quoted, most misunderstood, and most misapplied is the Bible. Do you agree with that? I, first of all, I definitely agree with it. I mean, I'm not saying it's like statistically accurate, but I definitely agree with what he's saying. I think that people quote the Bible all the time. And I think it's misunderstood all the time. And as a result of it being misunderstood, then we misapply it. And that is a problem. I think sometimes we only are concerned about manipulating, like, oh, using the Bible for manipulation. I know I want to stay away from that. I don't want to mislead people. But when you misunderstand, you can't help but to mislead. When you don't fully understand, you can't help to mislead. And as believers, we know that the Bible is more than just a book. He says, of all the books in the world, the one most the one most quoted, most misunderstood, and most misapplied is the Bible. We know that the Bible is more than just a book. As believers, we say it's what? We say it's the word of God, right? We refer to the Bible as, oh, you need to get, I need to get in the word of God. It is written. This is the word of God, right? We say that. Um, all of the Bible is God breathed is the wisdom of God is God's love letter to his people, right? We say this thing. So we know that this is more than just the book. Now the book is just a book. I know people feel away about writing in the Bible. You can clearly see that I don't feel away. Um, I write in the Bible. I, write, I don't even think I got a Bible I haven't written in. Um, so that's, that's a thing, right? People feel some type of way. Sometimes it's like, Oh, don't write. but it's not the book itself. It's not the physical paper that is the hallowed thing. It's the word. It's the message. It's the wisdom that's there that makes it the hallowed thing of God. And so when we misunderstand the Bible, it leads us down a dangerous slope because John 1, 1, if you go to John 1, somebody put that in the chat for me. John 1, 1, this gospel, according to John, where he is getting ready to uh, lay out the life and teachings of D Jesus, he starts out his gospel helping the ancient readers to understand that Jesus didn't come on the scene um, through Mary. That the first time that Jesus was in existence wasn't in the manger. But he wants you to understand that Jesus was with God long ago. So John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. 
and the word was God. You ever wonder why when you see the word of God, the, the W in word is capitalized? Like what makes that proper? Because it's not just a conversation. It's not a vocabulary list. John is telling us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. He's telling us that the word was God. He, go, he continues in verse 14, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is talking about Jesus, the Messiah, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So if you agree with me, and if you agree with A.W. Tozer, and most of you said, yes, you agree, then we understand that it is much more deeper and, and much more perilous for us to not understand the word of God. Because when we misunderstand the word of God, then the character of God, the will of God, and the way of God are also misunderstood. And that has a negative impact on my relationship. When I apply the word of God to my life, and it turns out that I misunderstood it, so I misapplied it, so I don't get the results that, that I thought I was meant to get, that can cause me to start believing a lie about myself. I can start to believe a lie about God. I can start to question the power of the word of God. That's why I'm always like, you can't just make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. The Bible can't say today what it never said back then. There are not multiple interpretations. And when we have all these multiple interpretations, they're like multiple perspectives of an interpretation, right? When we have all these like, oh, well, it depends on how you feel, uh, what resonates with you. Just see what it feels. I don't care what it feels like to you. It was a message that was said to a person. It's a message that's being sent. There's a meaning behind it. And it can only be the meaning that the speaker meant to convey. It cannot be the meaning based on your feelings. Now, that's very funny because my therapist is always telling me that. <laughs> I can't make it mean something. She's like, it can only mean what, you know, what the person intended for it to mean. You can't just be saying, well, that means that da, da, da. if the communicator doesn't agree with you, then you are wrong, right? Because it means what they meant for it to mean, right? So that means that when I don't understand the word of God and I misapply it, not only am I misunderstanding the word of God, now I don't understand God. I don't understand why he's moving the way he's moving. I don't understand why he hasn't shown up the way he said he was going to show up. I applied that word to my marriage and things still aren't changing. I applied that word to my mindset and things still aren't changing. I'm, I, I applied that to my medical condition and it's still not changing. I applied it to my money and I'm still broke. I applied it to all these things and it's still not working. So now I believe that the Bible has no power. The word of God is now ineffective. And that is definitely not the truth. So misunderstanding, we have to approach and see and view misunderstanding the word of God as something that is perilous to our health and our well-being as believers. It is dangerous, right? It's not even It's not even like, oh, I'm doing this to somebody else. It's, it's a dangerous way for me to live my life and not understand. Even the word of God tells us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 through 9, um, NIV version says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding, cherish her and she will exalt you, embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown, glorious crown. There's a certain lifestyle. There's a certain elevation. She's going to exalt me. She's going to embrace me. I'm not going to feel isolated. Proverbs uh, 4, 7, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. So is this going to cost me something? Though it costs, is it? Look in your Bible. Somebody look in your Bible. I, I wouldn't lie to you. Proverbs chapter four, verse seven. The beginning of wisdom is this, which I think is funny. The beginning of wisdom is this. You want to know where wisdom starts? Get wisdom. <laughs> That's where it starts. Go get it. Though it costs all you have, it's not going to be free. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be without discomfort. It's not going to be without sacrifice. It's not going to be without investing your time and your energy. It's not just going to drop out the sky. It's going to cost you all you got. It, it might cost you your position. It might cost you your reputation. It might cost you some income. 
but get that understanding, whatever it takes. When I get understanding and you start moving differently, it might cause me to end some relationships. It might cause some people to walk away from me. It is not going to come without a cost. It's going to cost me all I got. My own mindset, my own way of thinking, my habits, maybe even some of my traditions, some of the things I decided, my perspective, my frame, the way that I frame life, the way I see myself. Some of these things I might have to give up. It's going to cost me all I, though it costs all you have, the word of God says, get understanding. And so if you are the type that likes to write down um, the title, today I want you to get some understanding. As I looked at the text this week, chapter 11, I just saw a bunch of misunderstandings. That's what I saw. I saw a bunch of misunderstandings and like how those things turned out. I just saw a lot of misunderstandings and what happened as a result of people misunderstanding. So um, let's look at Acts chapter 11, verse one through three. When you get there, say amen. So last week we talked about Peter and what Peter did. So Peter was uh, um, studying. It was prayer time and then he got hungry. And then while they were fixing him something to eat, he got in a trance and then he saw this blanket lift down, come down from heaven. And on the blanket was all this stuff, all these animals and creatures. And then he heard a voice say, Peter, get up, kill, eat. And he's like, not me, Lord. I ain't going to eat none of that stuff. I never ate nothing that was unclean. And then the voice comes again and says, don't call anything. Don't call what God has made clean. Don't you call common. And he's, it happens three times. So it's got to happen to him more than, more than once. And so then he goes over there to the, where he's supposed to go. And there are Gentiles there. And he gives the word. And then people hear the word. And then um, the people get the Holy Ghost. Old school, right? People get the Holy Ghost. They start speaking in tongues. And so Peter's like, dang, well, if they speaking in tongues, then who am I to keep anything from them? Go ahead, y'all get baptized, get in the water. And then he stayed there. So now this has happened. That's where we are in chapter 10. This has happened. And so now a chapter 11 starts there. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. He's being criticized. He's getting ready to explain himself. He's going to explain what happened. If you continue to read, then you know he explains what happened. But they, they, they're trying to get some understanding. And I want you to understand who these people are. All right. I want you to understand who these people are. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea, the apostles. Do you know who's an apostle? Followers of Christ. These are not Sadducees. These are not Pharisees. These are not teachers of the law. These are converts to the way. They believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They have repented. They have accepted Christ. They have received the Holy Spirit. They have been baptized. That's who is going to get some understanding from Peter, which is hmm, interesting to me. So they are Jewish. They're in Jerusalem, which is the Holy Land. That's where the Jews are. They're in Jerusalem, which is the Holy Land. And so when he went up there, those that it says the uh, the circumcision party. So there was a little bit of a disagreement among the converts, among the people who were following the way. There was a little bit of like disagreement. There were a group that believed you couldn't be Christian unless you converted. And you couldn't convert to Judaism until you got circumcised. So this was the circumcised part. These people who circumcised, they believe they team circumcision. If they had a team shirt, it would be team circumcision. Okay. Their, uh, their little logo is a knife. See, team circumcision. You with me? That's how they feel. And they believe, there was a sect that believed that in order for you to become Christian, you had to first become Jewish. So you had to convert. You had to get circumcised. Then you could convert and do the whole thing. And now you are of the way. Now you saved and all that stuff. So they didn't understand why Peter would go and give the word to Gentiles. Do you know who Gentiles are? Well, not just go get the word. First of all, it says um, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. Literally, that's what that is how it's translated. Like, they are complaining. They are criticizing him because he literally went in their home. We heard that you went over to their house and you was eating with them. 
You got to get, you got to give me some, help me understand. You never said that. Help me understand. You heard your friend did something. You saw your friend on the news. You saw your friend on social media. You overheard a conversation. Something happened and you were like, friend, help me understand how you did this and this. And you know that we don't really rock with them like that. How you over there eating with them? So they went to go get some understanding. You got some explaining to do. And so Peter explains, but let me tell you what's crazy about this. Let's talk about the Gentiles for a second. So we're talking about Jews who now follow the way their apostles, that means they follow Christ, don't understand why Peter, who was out spreading the gospel, spreading the truth about Jesus, the good news about Jesus so that people can repent and turn and get baptized and follow the Lord and all these things and have eternal life. This is what they are out here doing. But you did that with the Gentiles. Now, I don't know what you know about Gentiles, but I kind of thought kind of like they were their own group of people. But Gentiles are really just people who are not Jewish. That's really what that means. They are not Jewish. Anyone who is not Jewish, uh, it talks, it means that they're from another nation. Um, so it could be about race or territory. Like they're not one of us. Basically, Gentiles is not one of us. They them. And it could be anybody who ain't us. Uh, when they are sometimes referred to as heathen and pagans, it's about their belief system um, or like their religion kind of right and so before we feel a type of way about the jews right off because i kind of felt away before we get to feeling away here's the thing is that you know god is the one who said i'm choosing you i'm gonna set you apart they didn't set themselves apart god chose them and set them apart and so Old Testament, and this is what they know. They know tradition, the things that have come down the family line. They know the law of Moses, which is the five, the first five books of the Bible. And if you read those first five books, first of all, they're not that exciting, all of them. But if you read those first five books, you can read that God, even though it's called the law of Moses, people refer to it that way, which somehow they think like, oh, that wasn't God's law. That was Moses' law. I feel like they definitely didn't read it. They misunderstood right? A lot of misunderstandings out here. If you read that, then you can see that God is telling Moses stuff. God is giving Moses instruction for him to tell the children of Israel, for him to tell Israel what to do. This is a nation. Y'all going to do this. Y'all can't do this. And, and in that, in that old Testament, those first five books where he's laying out the instruction, this book of instruction, and they are told over and over, don't leave this book of instruction stay with this book of instruction, obey what this book of instruction says. When they read that, it says that, um, they're not to, you know, be mixing and mingling with other nations. I mean, God said it. Um, Moses forbids them to commune with the nations. Um, they couldn't, they saw their ways and worship. They were abomination. It was of the nations. There was an additional, you know, tension between the Jews and other people because they were going in, taking the land. God was handing the land. There was lots of conflict. And so they, they also received curses. The children of Israel also received curses on them because they started to mingle with the other nations and start to take on their wooden and stone gods and start to um, worship their gods instead of only worshiping the Lord, their God who brought them up out of Egypt. And so as a punishment, God would scatter them and they didn't get to stay as one nation anymore. And so this is their tradition. And it, because it's their tradition how they've always lived, um, then it makes sense that he like, why y'all over there? Because we're not supposed to mingle with them. So why are you over there talking to them? And you know that you're not supposed to be mingling with them, right? Like, this is what we know. So what you doing? They want to know what you're doing over there. But here's what was misunderstood. Even from the very beginning, right? It's not that God changed his mind. It's not that God changed his mind about Gentiles. When he first told Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 12 or 13, right? When he first told Abraham, he's telling him, I'm going to make you rich. Everybody going to know your name. Abraham's like, what does that matter? Because somebody... Uh, a servant in my household is going to inherit anything that I have. 
So we're talking about like family. We're all together, right? If you're in my household and you're my family, even if you're not really related to me, if you're a servant, then you're a part of it. So the servants are also living the way they live, right? And so God tells Abraham, he tells him not just that kings will come from him. He says the nations, he said nations will be blessed because of you. Nations will be blessed because of you. This is a little bit of insight into what God always intended to do. He didn't say, oh, things aren't working out the way I thought they would. So I guess I better figure out another plan. He always intended to start first with the Jews, then through the Gentiles. But I think because they were chosen, they thought they were inherently better. And because the others weren't chosen, they were inherently bad. And we can see that that's not what God means. Acts 11, chapter, Acts chapter 11, verse 6 through 8. Um He's talking about this, this um, vision that he had. And verse six says, looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice say to me, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, by no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The Jews felt about the Gentiles the way they felt about clean and unclean animals. These people are ceremonially unclean and so are certain things. So we can't eat them. We can't touch them. There are all these things. They misunderstood. They believed that because they were chosen, they were inherently special, but it's the choosing that made them special. It is the word of God that decided that they were clean and the others were unclean, not because they were inherently horrible. God chose them. They didn't choose God. The Jews weren't not pagan because they chose to follow God. The Jews were not pagan because God chose them first to be his people. How do I know this to be true? Because it says in verse nine, but the voice answered a second time from heaven, what God has made clean, do not call, do not call common. And this happened three times. Why do you think it happened three times? Because he under, because God knew they don't understand. They don't understand what makes something clean. And what makes something unclean? It is I, the Lord. It is not the substance that it is made of. It's not your hands. It's not what you put in your mouth. It is I that decides. It is I, the Lord, that decides. I'm the one who cleans you. It ain't the salt, baby. It ain't the scripture, but it's the spirit of God that cleans us, right? It's the thing that makes us clean. People are not inherently evil. They're not inherent. No, God picked you. How can a man come to God unless God draw him near? That applies to you, woman of God. How can a woman come to God unless God, you are here in this place. You have an understanding for God's word. You've accepted Christ in your life because he first called you. Because he drew you in. Not because you are inherently better, less sinful, more righteous, more holy than somebody who is still not walking in their deliverance. Than somebody who still has not come to know Christ which is how the Jews saw it. They misunderstood. So he tells Peter three times, get up and eat. He tells him three times, kill and eat. And don't keep, don't you say what I say is clean. What does that tell me? It tells me, hey, let's connect the dots. I, I know I feel like I'm all over the place. I want you to, I want you to connect the dots with me. God told Abraham long before New Testament that he was going to make him the king of, he's going to, many kings were going to come from him. That's through his direct bloodline. And God also said that all the nations would be blessed through you. How does, if Gentiles are other nations, Gentile represents all other nations how do all other nations initially come to know Christ? Through the children of Abraham. So the, what, through, through what nation, through what people does Jesus come through? Jesus bloodline, right? Like actual human flesh, but comes through Abraham. So through Abraham's descendants, Gentiles, all nations are blessed. 
It was always going to be for us. It was always going to be for, it was, it was always coming to us. We were never going to not be included. It was always coming to us. They misunderstood. They believe that because God called them, set them apart, that they were inherently better. And so now if we are inherently better and they are unclean, why are you over there messing with them? Which is bananas to me because Jesus told the disciples directly to go out first to Jerusalem, then to Judea and Samaria, then to all the nation, then to the ends of the earth. That means everybody. So how did, I don't know how they thought that the Gentiles were going to get this. I don't know how, how they thought the Gentiles were going to get a word, but there was a misunderstanding. The misunderstandings continued to go on. Even after that, Acts 11, 19. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except the Jews. They misunderstood. They thought they still were misunderstanding. They were only giving the word to Jews. Only to Jews. They weren't telling the good, which I don't get because he said, go take this out to the ends of the earth. No, if they wasn't doing that. They was just, it was just to the Jews. They ain't telling, why? Why were they only telling the Jews? They misunderstood. Now, it says after verse 19, it says, but there were some of them. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus, and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. They misunderstood. They were only telling Jews about Jesus. But there were some others who got some understanding. And they were telling the Hellenists. They were telling the people that were Greek. They were telling people from other nations. They were telling all these other people. And Antioch was a place where there was a lot of different cultures coming through. They were telling all these people. And how do we know that they misunderstood? Because God's hand was with that group. And that group began to grow. There then became to be more Christians that were not Jews, then there were Christians who were Jews. So what does that tell us? God has got his hand on these people that are going out and talking to the Gentiles because you misunderstood when the Messiah came, you thought it was only for you. You misunderstood and you needed to get some understanding. For those who got some understanding, they began to evangelize as God has always intended for them to. And he was with them and they grew in number. And then guess what? People started to hear about it. There was still, even with all that, even with all the growth, even with all the things that were going on, there were still people who misunderstood. Acts eleven twenty two. the report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the holy city. It is like the epicenter for the Jews. This is where, even though, even though there was some persecution when they were scattered and they were told to leave Jerusalem and go to all these places, there were some who didn't go. They still stayed and they stayed because they were only interested in spreading the gospel to Jews. They were only interested in spreading the gospel to Jews. And so when they heard that these other cities and these other places were out giving the word to Gentiles, when they heard about that, they sent somebody down there to find out like, what are they doing down there? They misunderstood what the people were doing. They misunderstood that God's hand was in this. So who they sent? They sent Barnabas. They sent him down there to check it out. They didn't send him down there to support them. They didn't send him down there to congratulate them. They sent him down there because they was like, oh, you need to go down there and see what's going on with those people. Because we heard they just down there letting any old body become Christian. They just letting all those people follow Christ. And when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith and a great many people were added to the Lord. They weren't Jews. There was this misunderstanding. And as a result of this misunderstanding, they were withholding the gospel. As a result of this misunderstanding, they were accusing the brethren. As a result of this misunderstanding, they were 
They were standing in the way, trying to stand in the way of what God was doing. I wonder what word from God have you misunderstood? And I want you to understand that it was a word from God that they misunderstood. It wasn't just some random thing. Go back and read Deuteronomy. Go back and read Genesis. Go back and read when he tells, when God tells them not to be fooled up with these other nations, they misunderstood though. And so because they misunderstood, they misapplied the staying separate. Even once Jesus, the Messiah came, they still misunderstood what God had said. They misunderstood the word of God from way back then so much. So they weren't trying to let the Gentiles in. They, need, they needed the Gentiles to, to come a part of the covenant that was meant for the Jews. He, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. There was a word. There, there's so many things here. There was a word that God gave to Israel that they were to stay separated from the other nations, that they were not to co-mingle with them. They were not to fellowship with them. That was a word from God. They misunderstood. And so they didn't understand the character of God. So then when Peter heard a word from God and had to be told three times, then he went out and he offered this gift to the Gentiles. They didn't understand it. It wasn't until he said, well, the Holy Spirit came on them just like it came on us. So who am I to stand in the way of God? They misunderstood. They thought it wasn't for the Gentiles. They misunderstood. They didn't make it up. It's the word of God. They misunderstood I wonder, I wonder what word from God have you misunderstood? You got it from the Bible. You looked it up, you saw it, you read it. I wonder what word from God you've misunderstood. I wonder if you misunderstood the word where he tells the wife to submit to the husband. And so now this is a season where you need to make decisions you need to lead. And you're just allowing things to fall apart because you're supposed to submit to him. I wonder if you misunderstand the word of God. I wonder if you misunderstood the word of God when it talks about serving and giving. I wonder if you've misunderstood the word of God when it talks about do not touch God's anointed. That's one of my favorite ones, right? Do not touch God's anointed. It's often used to imply that you are not allowed to speak against, talk about, be honest, truthful, rebuke people who have been set up in a position or a title of leadership. Don't touch God's anointed. It's often meant to tell you to shut up. It's used to tell you to be quiet. Don't say anything about that person. Like they are above rebuke. I wonder what word. You got it from the word. You didn't make it up. You didn't make it up. You got it from the word. You were sitting in church somewhere. You were sitting in a Bible study somewhere and somebody told you something, but you misunderstood the word. Did you have you misunderstood the word about holiness? Do you mean, do you think that you have to be absolutely perfect in order for you to understand that you are holy? We are holy because God is holy. And are you not us being united with him, the Holy Spirit living in us, us being one with God? That's what makes us holy. That's what has justified us. It is not our perfection. It is not because we've been able to keep the law. The law has not been able to redeem any man. All the law does is condemn us. I wonder if you misunderstand the word about holiness. Do you believe that holiness means that I have means perfection? And so now because you believe that you don't live under God's grace for you. I wonder if you've misunderstood the word about salvation. Somebody showed you a word in the, in the Bible. They told you something. They explained it to you, but they misunderstood the word about salvation. And so now because you can't speak in tongues, you think you're not saved. Oh, but they showed me in the word. It's right here in the word. I wonder what it is that you've misunderstood. I wonder where you are misapplying the word of God because you don't understand it. One of the things we get all the time is about women's pastors. People are telling y'all not to be listening to me because I'm a woman's pastor. Because I'm a woman and I'm a pastor and women cannot lead. Oh, but it says, people love it. But it says right here in the word. It, the word is right here. It says right here in the word. I'm not saying it, don't say it in the word. What I'm saying is that you are misunderstanding. They misunderstood. And what I need you to get is some understanding. Have you, have you gotten a word about your 
purpose and you misunderstand what that means? Is there somebody else out there that misunderstand? Maybe, maybe it's not even your misunderstanding. Let me pull back. Maybe it's not even you. Maybe you don't have a misunderstanding. Maybe you believe that you've been called to do something. You've been called to lead. You've been called to pastor. You've been called to minister and you're a woman. And they misunderstood the word. I didn't misunderstand it. Okay. I didn't misunderstand. They misunderstood the word. And so because they misunderstood the word and they are leaders in a church and they are Bible toters and Bible believers and they showed you the scripture in the word, that means they are right. And so now you can't preach. They misunderstood. I, I wonder how many of you are not walking in your calling because of a misunderstanding, which led to a misapplication. It helps us to understand the importance of getting some understanding. If Peter didn't get any understanding about what God wanted him to do, then he wouldn't have fulfilled his purpose of going to speak that word to Cornelius and his, his entire household came to know Christ. God's will is that no man should perish. He wants everyone to hear the gospel. He wants us to take the gospel to the end of the earth. Yes, to them too. And to them too. Who can God not use? Oh, God can't use you because you're a woman. God can't use you because of your background. You misunderstand. There is something that you are misunderstanding that will keep you from walking in the fullness of Christ. That will keep you from walking in the abundance and the peace and the joy and the power that God has for you. From the anointing that God has poured over you. Because you don't understand the importance and the, the impact of your calling. It, you need to get some understanding. You need to get some understanding about what it means to be a wife. You need to get some understanding about what it looks like to serve from God's standpoint. You need to understand what it means to not touch God's anointed. You need to get an understanding about what it means to walk holy, to live a life that is righteous, to live a life that is worthy of the call. You need to understand that that is not about perfection. If you are sitting back and you understand that God has called you for something, then you misunderstand why he's called you. If you are sitting on your behind and you know that God has called you for something, but you are not walking in it, you misunderstood the purpose of your calling. If you are a wife married to a man who doesn't know Christ, I'm not talking about going out and marrying somebody and being unequally yoked. Please miss me with that. But if you are married right, right now, wife to a man who doesn't know God and you're just sitting back saying, well, there's nothing I can do until, until he comes to know Christ, then you do not under, you need to get some understanding about the power that you have as a wife about your position and your role. You got to get some understanding because when you misunderstand, you misapply, you miss the message, you miss the blessing, you miss the breakthrough, you miss the peace. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You've got to get some understanding wife. You've got to get some understanding pastor you've got to get some understanding believer boss entrepreneur ministry leader we are believers we trust and know god but we don't understand his word we're not willing to invest any time money or effort to get any understanding we believe that anything that comes about god anything about understanding god and i don't know where we get this from this idea is that it shouldn't cost us anything when the word of god in proverbs 4 and 7 says the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. And though it costs all you have, get understanding. Get you some understanding, even though it's going to cost you some time. Get you some understanding, even though it's going to cost you a little bit of money. Get you some understanding, even though it's going to cost you, you're going to have to say no to some stuff. You ain't going to be able to go to every brunch. You ain't going to be able to go to every birthday party. You're not going to be able to go to every girl's trip. It ain't going to be that thing because you got to get you some understanding. It's going to cost you something. People of God, when I, you look at your life and it doesn't make sense, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't understand how I'm living this way or I did this thing. The first thing I think is, oh, I got to get me some understanding. I'm trying to understand how my life doesn't look like what the Lord said I could have. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to get in this word and I'm going to get me some understanding. I thought you said I would be the head and not the tail, but it feels like I'm in the back over here. So I need to get me some understanding. I thought you said I would be the lender and not 
not the burr, but my credit score is a five and I still owe Fannie Mae. I, I got to go get me some understanding. I thought you said that the, the husband could be won over by the wife, but this man out here is still knocking and bucking. I got to go get me some understanding. I thought you said that you would never see your seed breaking bread, but I ain't got no money in this account and I don't know where this food is going to come from. I got to get me some understanding. I thought you said that I was no longer a slave to sin, but I continue to struggle in this thing. I got to go get me some understanding. I thought you said that if I would humble myself and I would call on your name, that you would move in my life. I thought you said if I followed you, that you would never leave me or forsake me. But when I look around my situation, God, I can't find you. I got to go get me some understanding. Do I have anybody that's about that life? Do I have anybody that's ready to go get them some understanding so that I don't want you to misunderstand what the word of God is saying? I don't want you to misunderstand what God is saying to you, the calling that you have on your life. Because when we misunderstand, we misapply and there's no way for us to hit the mark. We miss the mark. We miss the mark. You... The, the, what they tell you all the time, they favor when I promise you I'm closing. I know it's short today. They, they say all the time, uh, they're always talking about the root of uh, the love of money. It's, they say money is the root of all evil. They don't say the love. They say money is the root of all evil. There's this idea that uh, people will say things like the gospel was given freely given to you, so give it freely. So when ministry leaders and pastors and churches are asking for money or donations or expecting for you to give of your financial resources or there's a cost to something, people are looking at you like, well, you can't know. I've seen so many threads where people are saying, if a pastor has a fee to come and speak, then they not really called. They don't understand the calling. They misunderstood. They, they need to get some, some understanding. They misunderstood. It's not for me. Right. As a pastor, it is for me to teach the, the people that God has called to this church. For me to represent Christ wherever I go. That's that's my calling. It's not it's not meant for me to be going back and forth. I'm not forced to live by what you say. And I know that you misunderstood the word of God. I'm not going I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and not pastor this church and not preach this word because somebody else has a misunderstanding of God's word. I know what he said to me. I know what his word says. I don't have a misunderstanding. I'm not going to allow somebody else's misunderstanding prevent me from going out and doing what God has called me to do. Are you allowing somebody else's misunderstanding? You know what he said to you. You know what you feel in your spirit. I don't care what the world is saying. The word of God talks about him giving us the ability. It is God who gives us the ability to get wealth. Why the end am I, we got to be poor? You, you can't be that Christian if you're talking about money. If you're in the marketplace, you Christian, you call yourself a faith-based entrepreneur and you want to charge all of that. People don't want you to get money out here. Uh, they, what they, they need to get some understanding. They need to get some understanding. When it comes to building wealth, we need to get some understanding. You see what these people did in Acts? They sold land. We don't have, we can't sell land to get money to the church because we ain't got no land. <laughs> Hmm. Let me let me drink my tea on that one. We can't sell land to help the church because we ain't got land. We, you see what I'm saying? The there is something that we misunderstood. There's something that we misunderstood, and we have got to get some understanding. It's not enough. I want you to. I, I really am leaving. I, I want you to understand what I'm saying to you. I want to just, I want to just draw a couple lines real quick. The apostles, the Jews, even Peter subsequently misunderstood the word of God. They weren't just being, they didn't just pull it out the sky right? They misunderstood what God was saying and what he was doing. Because when they read the word and they taught the word and they passed the word down, what they took it to mean is that Jesus was only for the Jews. They were wrong, but it's because they misunderstood the word. 
when they heard that Peter was in the house of the Gentiles. And so now he had done something unclean. They misunderstood that clean and unclean is by the Lord's choosing. They misunderstood. It's not that the Lord changed his mind because that's what it looks like, right? Oh, but I thought they couldn't be with a Gentile. Now, it's not, mm -mm, we misunderstood. I wonder if there's a word that you've misunderstood or if somebody else's misunderstanding has been passed down to you. It's why they came up to Peter. This is why it is so important for you to get some understanding. Because without understanding, you may be the one trying to hold up what God is trying to do in the life of another. The apostles misunderstood and wanted to stop what God was doing and criticize what God was doing through Peter. The disciples and followers of Christ in Jerusalem we're slowing down. We're attempting to slow down. We're not fully walking in the assignment that God had given them because they were only giving the gospel to the Jews. They misunderstood. They misunderstood when they heard that the number of Gentile Christians it's in this, it's in Antioch that they st first started to use that word when they heard that the number of Gentile Christians was continuing to grow. A great number was added. It says, but the hand of God was with them when they heard about that. They misunderstood what God was doing and they wanted to send somebody down to stop it. We misunderstand, we misstep. You got to get you some understanding. And, and I'm going to tell you this. You can't get understanding without the help of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to those that know Jesus. And so maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you heard about him, but you haven't really accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You know, it's like, okay, well, I kind of heard about him, but I don't really know him like that. I want to give you an opportunity to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior because with the gift of salvation comes the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's with the help of the Holy Spirit that you can get some understanding, revelation of the word of God. Repeat this prayer with me. Father, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me, saving me, and giving me eternal life with you. Amen. If you said it, and you believe it i want to be the first to welcome you to the family of god welcome 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 send us an email at praise at boldfaithchurch.org and let us know that you've just said the prayer of salvation we want to connect with you we want to put some resources in your hand to help you get some understanding about what this this life with Christ, this faith walk looks like. I want to get you plugged in. If you've decided that you are a part of Bold Faith Community Church and you want us to know it, if this ministry has been blessing you and you'd like for us to know all about that, we love to hear from you. Send us an email at praise at boldfaithchurch.org. If you'd like to help do help us do what God has called us to do as a church. Um, you can give your tithes and offering at boldfaithchurch.org. We could not do this without the generosity of those who support us. And so we thank you. You know, though, that this is not over. I want you to join us. Listen, if you don't normally join us, I definitely want you to join us today because since we talked today about getting some understanding, I am going to be, um, I guess it'll kind of be like another little teaching. Honestly, I'm going to be teaching you how to get some understanding from the word of God. I want to equip you today. 
I want to give you something, especially those of you who have just come to know Christ. I want to equip you with understanding like how to, uh, with understanding, I want to equip you with the tools that will help you um, start to take the steps so that you can rightly interpret the word. We are called to rightly interpret the word, which implies that there's a process. There are lots of big words out there that um, that I don't use a lot in this space, hermeneutics, right? It means that there is a process that is used to interpret the word. There are steps, there's a methodology um, to interpreting the word of God, where it's like exegesis, exegesis. Um, very like these are just words. I don't really use these words as often that often, but what it what it tells us is that there's a way. People who are out here preaching and teaching, myself included, we don't, it's not just dropping down at the sky. Now, listen, I can't deliver this message until it drops out the sky. <laughs> I can't deliver this message until it drops into my spirit. Now, that part is true, <laughs> but it requires that I do some, um, some that I do some biblical exposition on the scripture that I'm going to teach from. And so I want to teach you some methods, some steps that you can start to use today. Um, we're going to do a step-by-step. -step. I'm going to answer any questions that you have about Bible study, Bible study method, Bible study tools, resources. We'll share some resources with you, other things that can help you along the way. I'm going to have all the things today. Um, so no matter what level you're on, even if you're, whether you're a beginner, there's going to be something there for you. And if you've been teaching for a while or you've been studying for a while, believe me, I probably have something for you too. Um, some type of resource that I can recommend because I, I what I have runs the gamut. So join us, go to bit.ly slash church and um, bring your, bring your notebook, bring your paper, bring your pen, um, bring all the things because you're going to need it today. Okay. Come ready to work today. All right. I love y'all and I'll see y'all in the group. All right. Later. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.